Welcome to Alive Experience, the online teaching ministry of Pastor Pascal Ngui. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of Alive Bible Church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal teaches the Word of God with accuracy and power, always leaving his audience empowered, challenged, and ready for change. As you listen, get ready to be blessed by the Holy Spirit. Now, let's join the message already in progress. I welcome all of you once again to Resurrection Sunday. I believe that you've been blessed by this conference. You know, we are still a work in progress, you know, there and there, but God is helping us. And I believe that God is going to help you as well. Hallelujah. So I hope and I believe that God has ministered to you throughout this conference. You know, yesterday when, when we finished uh, our sessions, one of my sons in the road was you know, sharing with uh, my wife, and, uh, and he said to her, you know, if only we were practicing the things that our pastor is teaching us. He says, I believe our lives will be changed completely in no time. Please change the music, uh, technical team. He said, if only we were putting into practice the things that we are being taught. And you know, that really resonated with me because what he's saying is very true. It's very true. If only we could practice the things that are being taught on this altar every single time, there's no way your life will remain where it is. I pray that God will give us the grace to not only be hearers, but to become doers of the things that we hear. Hallelujah. I believe that God is going to give us that grace. And I'm, I'm, I'm starting with myself. Let me tell you something. Preaching the word of God and living the word of God are two different things. I'm not going to stand here and tell you that everything I preach here is what I'm doing. Many times I stand here and I start preaching and I start hearing things for, myself, for the first time myself because I'm just a mouthpiece. That's why it's dangerous to think that because you are preaching, you are safe. You are not. God does not bless the preacher. God bless the person who obeys his word. If you obey the word of God, you are blessed. That's why there are preachers that are poor. That's why there are preachers that are struggling in life because God does not bless the preacher. God bless the one who obeys his word. Whether you are a preacher, whoever you are, if you obey the word of God, you will be blessed. I hope you are alive. The Bible does not say if you are a preacher, this. No, if you obey, if you obey. So the preacher is easily deceived into thinking that because he's saying it, he's doing it. It's not always the case. Sometimes you happen to be the one who does it and who says it. But other times, you haven't grown the maturity to even do it, but God is already using you to say it. But you should have enough sense yourself to realize that God is just using me. I got to work on myself. So please, I want to encourage you, don't allow pride to enter your heart at whatever level you are in. I am your pastor, and I'm telling you I'm a work in progress. I want to allow God to work on me and change me 
I don't want to preach for conferences. I want to preach for change. This is not a conference where we are just here to have a good time. If you've listened to what God has been telling us, it has got nothing to do with just making you to feel good. The way Easter conferences are usually the same routine. Good Friday, we talk about the cross. Saturday, we talk about this. Sunday, no, Listen, God is interested in a change, not in history. God is interested in transformation. Not just mere sophie, you know, philosophy. And that's the cry of my heart, that God will change me. And that God will change somebody that is watching. That's, what I, that's, that's, what I, that's why God gives me the messages he gives me. Because there's really a desire in me to see something change in our lives. To see people change levels. To see circumstances of people transformed. That's my desire. And I believe those in 2021 who will change levels, you will be among those people. If you are watching this message, I want you to know that God has seen you as a candidate for a change in 2021. And you must believe God with me that before this year is over, listen, I know we usually say these things, but we just say them and we don't even believe what we are saying. But the reality is that the prophecies do not fulfill themselves. I believe that before this year is over, in fact, before this month of April is over, your life can change. Just like that my son was saying last night. It is totally dependent on me applying the things that I'm hearing. I'm just hearing them and they sound nice to me. Well, that's where they're going to remain. They're just going to be nice things to me. But I pray that God is, God is going to give us grace to really see, look, this thing pastor is preaching, have I done it? This other thing pastor is preaching. Have I even listened to that message more than once to understand what he's talking about or what God is trying to say? Don't join the group of those who are forever learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Don't be like that. And it's very easy to be like that in this time and age because Christians know what Christians do. So we just do what Christians do, but we don't live the Christian life. Let me tell you something. It takes a lot of spiritual strength. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of willingness to become a strong Christian. Not even to talk of becoming a servant of God. Just to become a strong Christian. It takes a lot. It takes a lot. You cannot become a strong Christian just doing anything. It takes a lot to move from that level of shabby, shabby Christianity to a level where your Christianity is beginning to produce results. It takes a lot from you. And that's why the messages are directed that way so that you can realize that, look, your reality, your current reality is not your eternal reality. But also you need to realize that your current reality is not a mistake and it's not an accident. It's the result of your current engagements. If you can start engaging differently, your current realities will change. Your dreams will change. The way you talk will change. Your results will change. Even the way people treat you will change that is totally dependent on how you engage the knowledge that is coming your way. It's totally dependent on that. 
I pray that God helps us. But this morning, we're going to talk about something very simple here. I've titled the message of this morning, He is risen, and you are rising too. Hallelujah. Because if you've listened to all the conference, everything that happens to Jesus somehow is tied to what is happening to you or to what is supposed to happen to you. If Jesus suffered, you will have to go through some suffering. If Jesus was celebrated, guess what? A time in your life is going to come when people will celebrate you, when people will salute you, when people will really... T- I mean, and if you are not careful, you can even get to your head. It's going to happen. And if Jesus rose from the grave and from that tomb, from that pit, I believe that you too can come out of any form of pit that the world has placed you into or life circumstances have placed you into. You see, the grave is like a pit. Actually, the graves today are pits. If, if you, if back then they were yearning a grave or a tomb inside a rock. But graves are pits. And you get thrown in there and they cover you. And a lot of us are actually in all kinds of pits. Death is a pit, but depth is also a pit. Sickness can be a pit. It is something that is not causing you to move as you would love to move. As Jesus rose from the dead and we are celebrating his resurrection this morning, listen to me. A day is coming when we will celebrate your rising from a certain pit in this world. You will come out of a pit. And people will celebrate and they will celebrate what God has done in your life. I believe people will say things like God has done marvelous things for her. God has done great things for her. I believe people will say the Lord has remembered him. The Lord has been gracious to her. Hallelujah. Put your hands together for Jesus. Praise the Lord. Please, I'm going to read the resurrection. See, every, every day I've been reading what happened on the day. So let me stay true to my statements and read what happened on the day the Lord Jesus Christ rose from the dead. I'm reading from Matthew 28, from verse 1 to verse 10. Amen. The Bible says, After the Sabbath, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, and we saw, we heard about earthquake last night. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going down to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. Wow. It's like he's sitting with it and saying, let me see the demon that will come and bring this, 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 roll, uh, this, tomb, uh, this stone back in its place. Do you understand that? He, he rolled it and he sat on it. And he was trying to say, let me see the person that will come and challenge what I've just done. I'm waiting. You know, when people, do you, have you ever read in the Bible where angels are sitting? Like, is it a common, a common thing that angels don't really sit? But this one sat. Hallelujah. I see your angel rolling the stone of something. You see, if he doesn't sit on it, the thing can roll back. And I've seen some stone rolling back like that. A certain stone that the Lord had rolled out so you to come out. 
while you are trying to gather yourself together, like Lazarus to come out, before you realize, because the stone is round, it's just rolling right back again and you are back inside. But this particular stone, the angel says you cannot roll back and nobody can roll you back. So I'm sit, I see an angel sitting on a certain stone that it has rolled out. The Bible says God opens the door and nobody can shut it. And when the Lord removed Adam and Eve from the garden, he placed angels there to guard that door. There are things God is going to take you out of. Never to go back to those things again. When God takes you out of a situation this year, trust God that this is once and for all. Uh, Jesus has never gone back to the grave. You should not go back to poverty. You should not go back to lack. You should not go back to certain things that Jesus has delivered you from. That is the story and that is the nature of a dog. That goes back to his vomit. You are not a dog. You are a child of God. You are not a pig. You are royalty. You are delivered. And when God delivers you from Nyaope, please believe God that as God has rolled out the stone of Nyaope, and I have walked out of this prison that has kept me for years. As a matter of fact, as I'm preaching right now, somebody under the influence of Nyaope, receive your deliverance in the name of Jesus. That stone is going to roll out. And an angel is sitting on it. Let me see the devil that will come and move this thing again. Praise the name of Jesus. The Bible says his appearance was like lightning. Hey, very frightening. His clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The people that were guarding a dead man have become dead themselves. They were guarding a dead man. They became like dead men. I see your enemies taking the shape and the form of what they are trying to keep you into. It is being reversed on them in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Please believe the things you are hearing. Believe the things you are hearing. The Bible says, Blessed is she that believeth, for there shall be a performance of those things that were told her from the Lord. You have to learn to believe what you hear. Not everything that is going to happen in your life will happen by you working. Some of the things will happen by you just believing that God is bringing a deliverance. Like the Lord had just said, somebody's toll is going to roll out, never to be rolled back in. Believe something like that. I know some of you, your story has always been in and out, in and out. You come out, you back in. You come out, you back in. Now you have to take a word like this, like, Lord, as you are breaking this thing out of my life, I'm never going back to a worldly life again. I'm never going back to that boyfriend again. I'm never going back to that girlfriend again. I'm never going back to that addiction. As you are breaking it out of my life, I'm free. Some people are only free for a day. The stone is back. Free for a week. The stone is back. This Passover, this reason 2021, trust God for a permanent deliverance. Permanent deliverance. Permanent deliverance. Jesus has never returned to that grave. I hope you are aware of that. I hope you are aware of that. I will not be surprised that this angel is still sitting on that stone today. 
Because the angels that were guarding the Garden of Eden, I'm sure they are still there today. Listen, angels don't get tired. They are not like you. We are the ones, you see, there are demons that have been operating in your family for hundreds of years. Have they gotten tired? No, because that is how spirits are. Once they start doing something, they can do it for hundreds of years. Now, let me also tell you that angels are the same. Once angels start doing something good, they can do it for a very long time. They don't get tired. The angels God is assigning you in this reason 2021. Those angels will be permanently on your side. They will continuously fight for your good. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. The angels said to the women, do not be afraid. For I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. Hallelujah. Not who is crucified. Who was crucified. Please be careful when you talk about people. Because you could be talking about somebody, not knowing that what you are talking about is no more the reality. I'm sure people were having conversations that day in town and say, hey, Jesus, is cru- Jesus was crucified, man. He's dead. The person they were talking about, his story had already changed. The angel says, I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen. Just like he said. Brothers and sisters, Be careful what you say. The Lord gave me a revelation a few years ago that if Jesus did not keep saying, after three days I will rise again, he was going to remain there. The angel says he has risen just as he said. So his resurrection was very much connected to his confession. Just as he said, just as he said, he is risen, just as, not just as the preacher said, just as he said, the power of life and death will always be in your tongue. The things you say can condemn you or can justify you. Brothers and sisters, I can never overemphasize this. Some people will stay in the tomb forever because all they talk about is the inside of the tomb. They have never said, I will come out. It's like if they say, I will come out of this, somebody will arrest them. Do you know that nobody will arrest you if you say, I'm coming out of poverty? But Satan has closed your mouth because he knows how powerful those words are. He doesn't want you to say them. There are so many things you are going through. Satan is saying, no, you shouldn't say it. You must only say it when you see it. The Bible doesn't say you should say it when you see it. The Bible says you should say it, then you will see it. I see believers going through all kinds of things and the key is in their mouth and they are not using the key. Jesus foresaw things are going to go wrong. He kept saying to the people, I will be dead, yes, but I will not remain there. I will come out. Please don't stop the story at the lowest point. Keep talking till the time when you know that at this point, the story is changing. That is the God we serve. We don't serve a God who leaves the story in the dark. 
He is consistently turning darkness into light. Maybe currently your story looks like a dark, you are in the dark side of your story. Don't only talk about that dark side. Learn to talk about the bright side. Then you will shift to the bright side. I know you know this, but I need to remind them to you. Because even though we know them, the truth is, are we doing them? That's the question. Are we doing them? Just as he said, just as he said, just as he said, she got a job just as she said. She got a husband just as she said. He finally got married just as he said. He finally got the promotion just as he said. She finally gave birth to a child just as she said. His ministry finally exploded just as he said. His branch started growing just as he said. It's just as you say, just as you say, just as you say. He's risen just as he said. Just as he said. You have kept your mouth shut. That's why the tomb is shut. Did you hear what I just said? I said, you have kept your mouth shut. That's why the tomb has remained shut. The Bible says an angel appeared to Daniel and told Daniel, I came in response to your words. So the angel that came to roll away this stone here came in response to the word Jesus was speaking. And the angels are moved by the words of the saints. Angels operate with the words we speak. When we don't speak, they have nothing to do. My Bible says, are they not ministering spirits? Send to minister to those who will inherit salvation. When you are not speaking, angels are not working. The angel told Daniel, I came in response to your words. Just as he said, so when he said, I will rise from the dead, the God said, you heard did you hear what my son just said? It's time to go, 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 go down. So angels were dispatched. This particular angel was dispatched in response to the words that Jesus spoke. Do you know why there's not a lot of activity in your life? You are not speaking things that can dispatch angels. Do you know why your ministry is struggling? You are not using your words to send angels to work. That's why things are the way they are. And things can remain that way forever until you learn to talk. He is risen just as he said. Nothing less, nothing more. Nothing less, nothing more. Your life is reflected by the words you are speaking. Some of those words you are speaking them in your prayer. Some of them come out casually. You see, some of these things that just come out casually, they are some of the most powerful things because they are actually the abundance of your heart. The abundance of your heart. I'm very careful what I say. When I say something and my spirit is not happy, I quick, and look, I don't even wait 10 minutes. Immediately I cancel it. And I say, I say, Lord, I cancel what I just said. I cancel it. It is called the law of the failed harvest. The law of the failed harvest is that because the Bible says that you shall reap what you sow. You must learn to cancel certain harvests before they become a harvest. 
The law of the failed harvest is the law that says that when I sow a seed that I don't like, I must have the same capacity to go and say, no, this seed I have just sown, I'm removing it from the ground. The law of the failed harvest. Never joke with it. Don't be an ease about certain things you said and you're not doing anything about it. You're just, you're just, oh no, it's fine. It's not fine. That thing you've done is the seed you have sown. And you see, one day it will produce a harvest. And the, the problem about us is that when it produces the harvest, we don't know we are reaping the harvest of something we said. We start blaming everybody around us. We start getting mad at everybody around us. Meanwhile, this is the result of a seed you've sown. God is just, you know. The Bible says God cannot be mocked. God cannot be mocked. Nobody can play games with God. What we sow is what we reap. Stop blaming people for your harvest. Stop blaming people for the bad harvest that you see around you. I'm always surprised. People blame other people for the bad harvest, but when the harvest is good, they praise themselves. I've never seen people blaming other people for a good harvest. That all these good things that are happening to me is because of this person, man. It's because, no, no, no. When good things are happening, they praise themselves. When bad things are happening, they are blaming the whole world. You are coming out of that group in the name of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Are you changing? Are you learning something? From today, receive grace to put a guard in your mouth. Do not say things that are unnecessary. The Bible says that in the multitude of words, there is sin is never lacking. The more you talk is the more you sin. The more you sin is the more those you are opening to Satan to operate. It's the more seed you are giving him the chance to sow in your life. So don't turn back and start saying, well, what is going on? What is going on? Have you realized when Jesus was going through his trial, he kept quiet the whole time? ask him, why are you quiet? Can't you hear what people are saying? Jesus had to be quiet because he didn't want to spoil the harvest. Listen, he was saying, I have already said everything I needed to say. From this point, things must just go according to what I have said. I will not say anything less or anything more. I've said everything I needed to say. They will attack me. They will beat me. They will kill me. And I will die and I will place in a tomb for three days. But after three days, I will rise from the dead. I have already said it. And it is set in motion. If you are expecting me to say something else to cancel my own harvest, I will not say it. I will not say it. Pilate is saying, but are you, are you going to be quiet and let these people accuse you? Let them speak. What they say cannot affect anything. Do you know that what people say has no power as to compare to what you say? Stop wondering yourself about what people are saying. It's what you say that matters. The problem is everybody is speaking and you are quiet. You are aware of what everybody is saying about you, but you are totally ignorant about what you yourself are saying about yourself. Receive grace to become a prophet over your own life. Become a prophet. Become a prophet. Son of man, can these bones live? Oh Lord, you know. He said, no, prophesy, speak. Speak to these bones. They will live. Jesus knew he has to speak to his own dead body. 
for it to come alive? Do you know you have to speak to that marriage? Do you know you have to speak to that child? Do you know you have to speak to that situation? You have, listen, you, I know you know these things, but the question is, are you doing them? It's not that you don't know. I know you know these things. I've been teaching them for years. And even you've heard them from other preachers too. But our problem is that we think knowing something and doing it is the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. He rose just as he said. This word has never left me. I have learned to come out of every pit by my words. In the middle of the night, I can wake up and start coming out of a pit. By the time the day breaks, I came out already. No matter the pit it was, I'm telling you, if you can learn this secret, there is no pit that will keep you for one more day. You will come out of it. Because the coming out of the pit depends on your words. Was it not the three Hebrew boys that told Nebuchadnezzar, look, we're not going to argue with you about this matter. Our God is more than able to deliver us, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But even if he does not deliver us, we will never bow to worship anything that you have put together. God says, these are boys. The king got so furious, he threw them in the pit. That was another pit. The furnace was the pit of fire. God showed up. Because they spoke. God showed up because they spoke. They honored him before the king. It is their words that moved that angel in the fire. So the king looked and said, didn't we throw three people in the fire? But there is a fourth one. And his face is like the face of the Son of God. An angel appeared. Daniel is told to not pray, to not talk to God, to not use his words, to, not, to, to stop talking. When they tell you don't pray, they are saying stop talking. Because your life depends on your words. And they say to Daniel, Daniel, nobody is supposed to pray for 30 days. Daniel said, no, 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 that cannot happen. I can't do that. I must speak. Are you listening to me? Daniel said, I must speak. So Daniel went and started speaking. Ah, king, didn't you say that nobody must speak? Daniel is speaking. Got Daniel arrested, thrown in the lion's den. Next day, the king came to check. Daniel, has your God delivered you? The, the God you have served with all your heart, has he delivered you? Oh, yes, king. Live forever. My God has sent an angel to shut the mouth of the lion. Angels have been sent all over, all the time. I'm asking myself, how come you are still in that pit? Why are you still in that pit? Do you know that you have angels that are just sitting there? Some of you, your angels are so bored. There's nothing to do. There's no errands to run. Nothing. Nothing to do. Because this particular person is never speaking. From today, receive grace to speak words over your destiny. Get your angels to work, my brother. You will see that Christianity can be enjoyed. You will see that being a Christian is different from not being a Christian. You will start seeing a difference in your life. If you could learn the things I'm teaching you, the things I'm learning from the life of Jesus, you can come out of any pit. You just rise. You just rise. Hallelujah.
So that is how Jesus rose. But there was another power that was used. So the, the first part was the power of his words. Very, 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 very important power. But I want to show you another power that you can also apply to rise. Because you must rise. No matter what you are going through, you must rise. Praise God. The Bible says, Paul speaking to the Ephesians, he says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, his incomparably great power for us who believe. Hallelujah. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. So Paul introduces to us here that there is a great power God had to use when he was raising his son from the dead. And Paul was praying that, Paul was praying to the Ephesians church that that same power must be present in their life. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And then I pray that you will know this power. The same power that God exerted when he rose Jesus Christ from the dead. What power is that? What type of power did God use to raise his son from the dead? Was it nuclear power? Was it weapons of mass destruction power? Was it multi-power? Because we see that he used a power that he doesn't use usually. It was a great power. And Paul is praying that that same power, the Ephesian church must know that power. And that they must walk in that power. What is that power? Well, to understand about that power, you need to come to Romans chapter 8, verse 11. There, that power is clearly explained. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So what power was used apart from the power of the words that Jesus had to engage? Which other power needed to come and combine for the miracle to happen? Holy Ghost power. The power of the Holy Spirit. Listen to me. Listen carefully. Every miracle of God requires two powers. The power of the word the power of the Spirit. They must work together. If you have the Word and you don't have the Spirit, you will have knowledge, but you will not have power. And this has been the great frustration of religion, is knowing a lot of things, but not being able to manifest those things. The Bible says that creation awaits not for anything else, but for the revelation, the manifestation of the sons of God. Are you listening to me? 
So we saw that Jesus spoke certain words, which led to his resurrection. But then Paul is explaining to us that there was a great power working. It is that power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And he's saying to the Romans now that if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ, again we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ this morning. And Paul is telling you that the Holy Spirit is the one who raised Jesus Christ from the dead. The greatest power ever. Now this is very surprising because the Holy Ghost took God, turned God into a seed and placed that seed inside a woman's womb. Do you know what type of power that is? To take the man who created everything, including the very womb, and to put him inside without intercourse. And then after that, the man is now dead for three days. The very same power goes inside the tomb. And the tomb is not different from the womb. So he placed him first in the womb and brought him out. Then they placed him in a tomb. He went back inside that tomb, that is a form of a womb, and he rose him from there for a new life. God is giving me a lot of revelations as I'm standing here like this. He says, if that spirit, you see, it's if, if, if that spirit is in you, that spirit is going to produce the same manner of results in your life. Every breakthrough of man is traceable to the word and the spirit. Let's start from the very beginning. Genesis 1, 2. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. Do you understand? This is a hopeless situation. It's a dark situation. And darkness represents the tomb because in the tomb, I'm, hope, I'm, I'm sure you're aware that it's dark. There's no light. It's closed up. It's a dark place. Yeah. But look at what is going on now. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Do you understand? By verse 3, miracle starts happening. So you are presented a very dark situation. Then you are told that the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. What are waters? Waters is the word that you might wash them by the washing by the water of your word. The word of God is water. So the Holy Ghost was hovering over the word. Then by verse 3, God now knew the spirit and the word have come together. All I need to do is to speak. So the Bible says verse 3, and God said, let there be light. And guess what? the results started coming. There was light. How do you get those results? The word 
and the spirit combine together. And then you just proclaim it. Do you know why you don't have results? Because sometimes when you read the Bible, for those of you who care to read it, when you read the Bible, you read the Bible without the spirit. So you don't get the words to hoover. When the words are hoovering, you're going to start seeing things. David says, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your word. You see, the, whole of, the word of God is full of wonderful things. The word of God is full of wonders. But God has to open your eyes. If he doesn't open your eyes, you will never see the wonderful things that are there. You only see boring things in the word. You will never see anything wonderful in the word of God. And therefore, your life will have no wonder. It is you seeing wonderful things in the word of God that will cause your life to become a wonder. God depended on those two forces before he could create his first miracle. The spirit and the word working together. I showed you how the resurrection of Jesus involved the two. But let me show you your very own creation, how you were created. The Lord formed man from the dust of the ground. And he breathed in his nostril the breath of life. That word breath there is actually the word spirit. Do you understand? It's not just, the, what, 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 okay, what, what is breath? Do you see breath? It's wind. And the Holy Ghost is a mighty rushing wind. Until God sent that wind in that mass of flesh, there was no life. It is only when the Holy Ghost entered the body of Adam, then the Bible says the man became a living person. Until that time, he was a, a dead person. He was a person, but he was dead. Jesus was going to remain dead in that tomb until the Holy Ghost came in there. If the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, you see, he started dwelling in you from creation. It is his presence in you that turns your life into a real life. Without the Holy Ghost, you don't have life. Let me tell you the truth. You are moving around with a very boring life. Nothing exciting. Many people are just like that dead body of, of Adam there on the ground. You're just lying there, motionless unable to achieve anything. But the moment the rushing wind entered that body, oh my God, the man came alive and he started walking and he started moving. Let me tell you something. The moment the Holy Ghost really enters your life, it will show. It will show immediately. People will start seeing a change. They start seeing a change. See that boredom in your life, that stagnation in your life, I wonder if the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead is really there. That's the question. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And guess what? Next thing, motion. He went about. He went about. Brothers and sisters, let me make it very clear to you. Life 
was never designed to be lived without the Holy Spirit. Never. Adam needed the Holy Ghost. Jesus needed the Holy Ghost. Now, Adam is the first, the first person. You understand? Like we call him the first Adam. And Jesus is called the second Adam. The first Adam needed the Holy Ghost. He lost the Holy Ghost by disobedience. The second Adam came and restored the Holy Ghost. And that's why when he was going to heaven, he told the disciples, do not quickly rush to move around. Wait for the promise. What was the promise? The promise was not money. The promise was not a job. The promise was not a car. He says, wait for the power. Wait until you are endued with power from on high because that is the power that gave my life a difference. And if you will become anything, it will require that power. I know I have taught you for three years and I know you know a few things. You've even cast a few demons but that is not enough for you to go and do anything. Wait in Jerusalem till you are endued with power from on high. If you don't have the Holy Ghost and you are going out, you'll be fried. And that is what a lot of us do. We don't wait for the Holy Ghost. We jump in a marriage without the Holy Ghost. We start a job without the Holy Ghost. We go out there without the Holy Ghost. And then we wonder why we are remaining in the pit. And let me tell you something. Holy Ghost is not speaking in tongues. You see, the Bible says, and how God, John, that's Act 10, 30, and how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and what? Power. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Acts chapter 2, I think, uh, verse 6, if I'm not mistaken, or 1, 6. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Praise God. That's Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Yeah. So a lot of us have the Holy Spirit, yes. And we can speak in tongues, but we don't have power. The Holy Spirit and the power are not the same. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God. The presence of God is not the power of God. The presence of God helps you live the Christian life. But without the power of God, you cannot produce results. That's why God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. They are not the same. And that's why Jesus says in Acts 1.8, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Some virgin says you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. They are not the same. I know you thought they were, but they are not. The Bible says Jesus received the Holy Ghost the day he was baptized. I'm, I'm sure if you are a good Bible student, you will know that the day he got baptized by John the Baptist, the heavens opened and the Holy Ghost came upon him in the form of a dove. But then that spirit led him in the desert to pray for 40 days and 40 nights. And, the Bible says, and Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. So when he went there, he didn't go there because he didn't have the Holy Ghost. He was already baptized with the Holy Ghost, but what he didn't have was the power of the Holy Ghost. And when he came with the power of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says news about him started spreading. The power was now at work. Many believers have stopped their Christianity with only having the presence of God. The presence of God is great. We need it in our personal life, but the presence of God is not what helps you get results. 
You don't get results in this kingdom with the presence. You get results with the power. So the Bible says, if the spirit that rose Christ from the dead lives in you, and Paul is telling you that that spirit, there is a certain great power, there is great power inside that spirit. It is that power that gets the job done. It is that power you must chase after. Hallelujah. I know many of you are already filled with the Holy Ghost. You can speak in tongues. That is the first dimension. But I came this morning to push you, to challenge you to say, now that you have the presence, begin to press for the power. Because it's only when you have the power that the stone can roll away. It's only when you have the power that demons start being afraid of you. I hope you understand that Satan knows the scriptures. The Bible says he believed that God exists, even Shiva's. So it's not about that. Do you have power? Do you have power? Hallelujah. The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came powerful upon Samson in the book of Judges, chapter 14, verse 6. The Spirit of the Lord came powerful upon him so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands as he might have torn a young goat. When the Holy Ghost came upon Samson, he took Zimba. He lifted him like this. Zimba said, wow, he said, shut up. He, he, slapped, he slapped him. Then he held his mouth, tore him in two. I, I want you to think about that type of power. Another time the Holy Ghost comes upon Samson, he picks an entire gate. We're not talking about the small things that you're having in your yard. We're talking about the gate of a city. A city gate. He removed it from the ground, carried it to the other side of the city. Power! Many believers are not tearing lions apart. Lions are tearing them apart. The Bible says the devil rose around like a poor, a lion, seeking whom he may devour. When you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, Satan stops devouring you. You start tearing him apart. You start malaxing him and molesting him. Jesus appeared in a church and demons started begging him, say, please don't torment us. Please, please, we're begging you, don't torment us. Don't torment us. Christians are rather saying to the demons, please, I will leave you alone. I'm just going to be on the corner. I will not even say Jesus. Another person has received power from on high and demons are saying, please, we are begging you. Don't torment us. Have you come before? Again, there is a time limit, Jesus. Why are you coming now? Why? Why? I mean, don't you remember, I guess, there is a time you're supposed to come. Are, are, you not, are you not ahead of yourself in this whole thing? They are trying, and then he says, you are coming out. Then they say, okay, please, as for the coming out, there is no way we're going, we're going to stay. I mean, we, we know we are going. But please, Send us to the peak. They are now negotiating. Some of us, you say, demon, go out. They say, where? You go out. But you are receiving a new insight today. Realize that speaking in tongues is not power. Please hear me. It's not. 
It can build to power, but it is not power. This thing confused me for many years. I didn't know it. So I kept struggling there, struggling there, struggling there. Let me explain it to you. Simply put, what we call the anointing is power. Do you understand? Another word for the anointing is power. And what we call the Holy Spirit is presence. Do you understand that too? So the Holy Spirit when we talk up and he said, and the Lord, the Holy Spirit, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. You see, we always say, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. We don't say, I felt the power of the Holy Spirit. Even when you say, I felt the power of the Holy Spirit, you're actually talking about, I felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. Power is for work. The unction is for function. When you receive the unction, you start functioning. You start getting things done. I'm standing here and preaching, not because only the presence of God, but also the power of God. The two are combined before I can do what I'm doing. If I stand here without the presence and the power, I'm nothing. In fact, you'll never hear anything that can bless you. And the more you press into that power, you start getting serious results. Yeah, and that is where I'm trusting God to take me and to take this ministry. That we will not just hear about people walking from wheelchairs. We will see it in Allah Bible Church. We will not just hear about people rising from the dead. We will not just hear about us opening. No, I'm trusting God that we're going to enter that dimension of power. Please don't settle for where you are. Don't settle for speaking in tongues. Tell God, I'm happy I'm speaking in tongues, but can I move now to something greater than speaking in tongues? Can I move to something greater? They shall speak with new tongues and they shall cast out demons. Can I move to some dimension of power? The Holy Ghost is a difference maker in your life, my brother and my sister. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, I guarantee your life will not work. Because it is only the Holy Ghost that makes things work. The Bible says, the flesh profits nothing. It is the spirit that gives life. So that means that if the spirit is not somewhere, nothing is working there. Nothing. If the spirit is not in a preaching, that preaching is not working. If the spirit is not in the song, that song is not working. If the spirit is not in the ministry, that ministry cannot work. Just the same way James says in James chapter 2, that as this body without the spirit is dead, I don't know whether you're understanding me. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit. But not just for speaking in tongues. And, I, and I'm talking to those, those of us that don't even speak in tongues. Those of us that don't even value the Holy Spirit. And you're wondering why there are no miracles. You're wondering why your life is not... It's listen, without the Holy Ghost, there will never be a breakthrough. Because he is the one who reveals to you what to do. Boy, he talks to me all the time. Do this. Stop this. Start this. Change this. I mean all the time. If I don't hear those instructions, my life gets stuck. Stuck. 
and you are there. you've been going for months, you've never heard nothing, you're just moving. No. No, it cannot be like that. We serve a God who speaks. He has a mouth. How come you are facing something for so many years and God is not talking? I mean, there's no way God doesn't have anything to say about that thing. He has many things to say. He has a direction to give to you if you are interested. So how do I come out of the pit? I need two things. I need the word and I got to speak the word. But more than anything else, I need the Holy Spirit. I need the presence of God in my life. And the good news is the Holy Ghost is available. The Bible says he is a gift that God has given you. Please don't trivialize that gift. Please don't neglect that gift. Please don't put that gift in the corner. You will have cornered your own life. Don't silence that gift the way you are doing. Where you take decisions, you never consult him. You never ask him for nothing. You never check nothing. You are just doing your own things. That's why your life is the way it is. But your life can change today. Something can change. Allow the Holy Ghost to start helping you. If you check your Bible, God calls him your helper. He comes to help. And do you know the job of a helper? You know, he alleviates the, the burden. It becomes just a little bit lighter for you. You don't have to carry that whole thing by yourself. That's what he comes to do. Praise God. So, what I'm telling you this resurrection morning is that the experience of Jesus can become your experience. Whatever pit you are finding yourself into today, listen to me. Jesus broke out of the tomb by the word he spoke and by the power of the Holy Spirit you too will break out of every grave by the words you speak and by engaging the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, how do I build spiritual power? I guess that's the question you are asking yourself. One of the number one ways to build spiritual power is through prayer. The Bible says, the prayer of a righteous person, the effectual and fervent prayer of a righteous person availeth much. In other versions says, it makes a lot of power available. Prayer generates power. Now, when you couple prayer and fasting, you are generating more power. And Jesus returned in what? The power of the Spirit. Where was he returning from? Prayer and fasting. Jesus took the disciples to the mountain to pray. The other disciples remained at the bottom. Somebody came with a demon-possessed man, and they said, please, deliver this man. They couldn't. 
Jesus is on top of the mountain. He's communicating with spirits. He's transfiguring himself. By the time he came back down the mountain, he just looked at the demon. The demon started moving. Do you understand the difference? These guys were at the bottom of the mountain trying to cast a demon. They couldn't. Jesus went on top of the mountain. And that's why you hear us sometimes say that I'm going on the mountain. Because that's a place of power. Learning to take some retreat, learning to stay away for a while to build power. The Christians of today, very casual, and no wonder their lives become a casualty. Very casual. They are talking casually. They are always casual, watching TV, moving around. No discipline of power. No discipline so ever. The Bible says, as it was his custom, Jesus will wake up early in the morning to go and pray. Luke 18, he's telling the disciples, you must always pray. The Christians of today, sleeping, eating, watching TV, watching pornography, and they want to walk in power. There's nothing like that. I always tell people, sometimes, and I pray with people, I look at how they pray, I ask myself, me, I have things they don't have, but the way I'm praying, I mean, I already have most of the things they want to have. Yet I'm praying far more than them. So it's really not that they don't know how to pray. It's that they don't have this understanding. I don't pray for fun. I pray to generate spiritual power. Because I cannot do anything with that power. It takes power to get the job done. It takes power for the lights to work. It takes power for the microphone to work. It takes power for anything in your life to work. Therefore, in your spirit, it also takes power for things to work. And there are times we try to get the generator of 50, 50 watts to power something that requires a thousand watts. So the generator just choco, choco, it gets stuck. You need a bigger generator. So you need to go and start building capacity. I see you beginning to build spiritual capacity. Building spiritual capacity. Coming out of those jokes you are into. Some of you need to stop watching some of the movies you are watching because they are actually depleting you. I see Christian that was an entire series, season one, season two, season three. And the seasons of your life are being washed away as you are watching those seasons. Your own seasons are being washed away. Am I against you watching a movie or two? No. But I'm against you allowing your life to go down the drain while you are watching a series. That's why I also started my own series. So that at least I give you another option. Instead of you watching the, 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 uh, uh, the Games of Throne, the series Games of Throne, and these other series that were there, I don't even know whether those things are still there. You can actually watch Overcoming Sexual Sin. And then you can watch I Can Rise. And then you can watch Having Power Over the Kingdom of Life. I mean, there are so many series that the Lord has given us in this church. Why don't you go and watch them? Those are options God is giving you to generate spiritual power. Generate spiritual power. And you generate power as well by obeying God. By doing what? Obeying God. Obeying God will naturally attract the power of God in your life. Many believers pray, but they don't obey. 
So they, they think just by praying they will generate power. No. You need to learn to obey the word of God. Listen to me. If you could just obey God, you will generate so much power that you'll be surprised. Because God's power responds to obedience. And the Lord God said to Moses, do this. And the Lord God says to Moses, listen, Moses is just obeying. God says, throw, lift your stick. He lifts his stick. Just by obeying that simple instruction and lifting his stick, an entire sea starts moving. Look at the power. But the whole power is connected to obedience. Speak to the rock. Then he speaks to the rock, the water starts coming out. Obedience. The master key to generate power. Power. Obedience to the word. God said, don't do this, you don't do. Power is coming. God said, go here, you go. Power is coming. Go and preach, you go. Power is coming. You say, anything God asks you to do, and you do, you generate power. And that is what the Bible says, my father is always with me because I always do those. Jesus says that. He said, my father has not left me because I always do those things that please him. I always do the things that please the father. That's why the father is always close to me. He never leaves me. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Obey God. You will walk in great power. The Bible says Jesus was obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. We saw that on Friday. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, given him a name that is above, talking of power and authority, that is above every other name, by virtue of obedience. Abraham obeyed God. Leave your father's house, he leaves. Circumcise yourself, he does. Sacrifice your son. He does. He said, Abraham, I swear by any, if I could find somebody greater than me, I would swear by them. But because there's nobody greater than me, I'm swearing by my own self. In blessing, I will bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply you. Look at what Abraham has become today. By obeying God. Obeying God. Father, give us grace to obey your instructions. To stop arguing, but to start obeying. Your instructions. The Bible says, I'll place my spirit within you and I'll cause you to obey my decrees. May God give us his spirit to cause us to obey him. So I'm just going to leave you with those two keys today. Prayer and fasting. Obedience. Do those two. There are more. But if you can do those two, you will start generating spiritual power. And before you realize, your life is going to start rising. That is what it takes, brothers and sisters. Many of us think I can just come to church and then, you know, one, two, three songs, and then it's, you know, no, it's not like that. It's good to come to church. It's good to pray in tongues, but don't end there. Press further. There is more. There is far more than just praying in tongues. You can pray in tongues to generate power, not just to feel good about yourself. When I'm praying in tongues, I'm fighting, my friend. I'm in battles here. And, and my devil, the devils that are fighting me know that I'm fighting them. So it's a serious and intense fight going on. And at the end, I win. And in the natural, you start seeing the results. That's how it is. So don't just pray in times you are casual. You are, listen, you can never generate power like that. I pray God help us. Praise the Lord.
Can we all stand on our feet this morning, please? Thank you, Father. I want you to thank God for what you have heard today. I believe that God has given you more keys to live this life. Things don't have to end the way they are. You don't have to remain where you are. The good news is there is a way out generated by the power of God. All you have to do tonight is to tap into it. Father, give me grace to become obedient to your voice. Father, give me grace to start relating with the Holy Ghost in the dimension of power. Father, give me grace to, involve, to change my prayer life. Father, give me grace to not play with my fasting. When it's a Friday and I must fast, Father, help me to not joke with it. Father, help me to stop playing with the fasting. Open your mouth and begin to pray, everybody, wherever you are. Grace to generate power. Grace to generate power. Grace to seek deeper things in the Word of God. Grace to speak the Word of God. To not just keep things in my heart, but to proclaim them, to decree them. Somebody is praying that prayer. From the bottom of your heart, you are praying that prayer. Father, revive my prayer altar. Revive my prayer altar. Revive my prayer altar. Look, one of the things Satan is fighting mercilessly is your prayer altar. I want to tell you the truth. That is one thing Satan doesn't want to see rising because he knows very well that your power comes from that altar. The power to crush him comes from that altar. The power to destroy the things that are destroying you comes from that altar. Mele prado Come and blast in tongue somebody and begin to receive fresh oil to this morning. Receive fresh oil this morning. Receive the Holy Ghost. Receive power from the Holy Ghost so that you can start walking in a higher dimension. Kologa de Gazela, Ekepelema, Ekepelema, Ekepaloga, Ore Prezegede Bagaba. Father, we receive grace to get back in prayer. We receive grace to desire more, to not be complacent where we are, to not be complacent with what we have, but to press more, to press for more in the spirit. Magele Gadabagaba. I see somebody breaking out of those chains of complacency. Where you have you have allowed Satan to pour water on your altar. You have allowed Satan to pour water on your altar, to pour ice on your altar and destroy your altar. Zama Gadaba. Oh, open your mouth and pray in that stream side. Open your mouth and pray in that church where you are. Open your mouth and pray wherever you are watching this morning. Father, restore the power, resurrection power, Holy Ghost power, the power that resurrects things, the power that brings life into things that were dead, the power that changes things. Oh, Father, I pray that your people will watch, our people will watch this message again. They will listen to this message again until something starts changing in their lives. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Right about now, before I close this service, I would like to pray for somebody who is saying, Pastor, I want to taste of this power. The first thing you got to do is to give your life to Jesus Christ. If you are watching me right now, maybe you were invited to the service by a friend, but deep down you know you are not born again. 
Maybe the things I'm teaching about are not even making sense to you. The reason they're not making sense is because you need the Holy Ghost for them to make sense. But before that, you need to be born again first. You see, the first step is to give your life to Christ. So quickly this morning, you want to give your life to Jesus. At the count of three, please raise your right hand. One, two, three, raise it up. And as I'm praying for the people, I'm going to ask all the ushers to start preparing the communion right now. Begin to prepare the communion in the areas where you are. All the stewards, please begin to prepare the communion. Have it ready so that as we're done here, we can take the communion together. Because remember, it's the first Sunday of the month. And it's the first Sunday. So we're going to celebrate together. Praise God. All right, so if you want to give your life to Christ, like I said, at the count of three, please raise it up. One, two, three. Raise your right hand. God bless you. Wherever you are watching, no matter who is standing next to you, it doesn't matter. You can raise your hand. God bless you. You can take your hand down. Now, if you are watching and you are already born again, but you've lost your fire, or you've never ever experienced fire, you want to move to a dimension where God can actually start moving through you. You want to come out of a powerless Christianity, Christianity of no results, no power, no achievement, just daily life, living like pagans and people that are worldly, nothing extraordinary. You need the Spirit of God. Listen to me. At the count of three, I want you to raise your right hand. And I'm going to pray with you. One, two, three. Raise it up right now. I need power in my life. I need the return of the Holy Ghost. Take your hands down. I want us to pray together as the ushers and the airport stars are distributing the communion or getting ready to do so. Repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you today. Forgive me my sins. Wash me with your blood. I believe you died for me on the third day you rose again that I might be justified. Right now, I believe my sins are forgiven. I'm justified by your blood. I'm saved. I'm restored. I'm born again. I am free from the power of sin to serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for receiving me. Thank you, Jesus, for restoring me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Please drop us a comment in the comment section to tell us how this message has helped you. Remember also to subscribe to receive notifications on our latest sermons. You can also watch Pastor Pascal live every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. on our church Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ. Or you can worship with us live in one of our branches in Sun City, Macharora, Padima, Mukwase, Lidach, Rustenburg, and beyond. Have a blessed day. And remember, we are alive to give life.